Welcome to the Clemson Dubcast, Saturday morning, beautiful Saturday morning, February 6th, Clemson basketball, getting ready to take on Syracuse, got a column up on TigerIllustrated.com right now, were the four meltdowns by the basketball team indicative of them just not being very good, or was it maybe indicative of just the general weirdness of of this year that we've seen in a lot of other areas? Not sure if anybody knows the answer to that right now, but we're going to start learning more in very short order starting this afternoon against the Orange. Title sponsor of the Dubcast since the very beginning back in August of 2018, Parm Smith and Arsenal Law Firm in downtown Greenville. They want you to know that their office remains open and available to serve you during the COVID-19 crisis. They are also offering their clients the ability to meet via telephone or through video conferencing. Whether you have a loved one who has suffered from a car accident, defective product, a neglectful nursing home facility, or medical malpractice issue, Parm Smith and Arsenal Holds Greenville lawyers can provide the protection and guidance you need. Free consultations, 864 864- 9904581 or on the web at paramlaw.com that's p a r h a m law.com if you're in the eastern midlands and pd area and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home commercial property, land, need to consider reaching out to Uptown Realty. They're based out of Sumter and run by a friend of mine, Patrick Enzer, big Clemson guy, used to cover the Tigers in a newspaper capacity, longtime supporter of Tiger Illustrated, longtime listener to the Dubcast. The home buying process should be an enjoyable experience, so let Patrick and his staff do all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 803-774-0435 or go to UptownRealtySC.com. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. Okay, to our interview with Deshaun Williams, former Clemson Tiger, current NFL player. We want to learn more about some of the misgivings that he and uh, his other three Daniel High uh, alums who are current NFL players have about whether they're being properly recognized by their former high school just a disclaimer here, I don't have a firm opinion on this because I'm not plugged in enough to the situation to really have an opinion, but I do think the least that the involved parties and everyone else in this community can do is listen to what they have to say. So that's what the purpose of this is. We're going to learn more about that issue, plus uh, a bunch of other stuff. Really deep conversation here uh, with Deshaun Williams. Here we go. All right, joined by Deshaun Williams, former Clemson Tiger, former Daniel High uh Football player, also current NFL football player. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. I guess we can cut to the chase right now and just sort of talk about the topic of the day. Um, I guess on social media, <clears throat> I guess today and 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 recently, um, some some, I guess maybe misgivings. I guess for lack of a better word, about uh, the. The Clemson community, Clemson Central community overall, and I guess the Daniel High um, community in particular, maybe the feeling is not enough having been done to sort of recognize and celebrate the four current NFL Daniel and Clemson alums. Can you maybe maybe 
flesh that out a little bit? Just sort of share your more extended thoughts, uh, like I guess as we're as we're starting here. Yeah, um, my my take on it is just it's not like for people that want to know what's going on. Like it's not the people that's in Clemson and and Central. Like we're totally like we love like where we come from. So it's not the people. The people know that we really care about them. Uh, our community know that we love them and they love us back. And I think um, they have our back on this topic. It's just the topic is this. It's just that um, we feel like, well, yeah, we all feel like, and I'm just not, I'm speaking up, speaking out on it. It's just, we feel like we're not getting recognized for what something that has done in the little small town of Central and don't nobody really know we're not getting the record, like the record, how can I put it? Like we're not getting our flowers or we're not getting like the notarized, like what that, what, what we done. Like it's just, you don't see too many guys that have four guys like back to back to back to back, you know, make it to the NFL out of one high school, like out of one little small town of Central and Clemson. Like you don't see that. And we just feel like Daniel High School, not not Central or Clemson, but we just feel like Daniel High School hasn't done their job of like doing that towards us. And we just, you know, I think now we just taking a stand on it. All right, let's let's maybe. I guess there's a lot to sort of unpack with that. And you, when you say we, of course, you're talking about New Hopkins, yourself, Jarvis Jenkins, um, and. Um, and Shaq Lawson, uh, and yeah. and and you guys, I'm, I'm assuming, communicate regularly. And it sounds like, even though I haven't spoken to the other three, uh, that y'all are have solidarity on this enough to where you're speaking out for the group. Is that is that putting it accurately? Yeah, it's pretty much. You know, it's this is just short and sweet. It's just you know we done something that no other like no other high school in Pickens County. Um, the only school that I know of that done that is probably South Point. You know, you got Jadavion, you got Stephon Gilmore. Um, you got a couple guys that played in the league over there at South Point. And, you know, you got Greenwood, you know, but that's, and I'm pretty sure they got something in their name, you know, um, when they go back home, you know, they can show their kids or their, uh, their family when they go back. You know, when you go to Daniel or the central area, you don't have no home of, you know, Shaq, Jarvis, DeAndre, and myself. Like, you don't have none of that. And when you go to Daniel, like, none of our pictures or our jerseys or nothing is, like, in Daniel. And I and I told one of the coaches there that's, that's working there, and I texted him, I said, it's crazy how I get, like, Coach Sweeney has done more, like, gave me more recognition uh, of us three, of us four, than our own high school go to that nice facility they have, they have our pictures up on the wall. Like, we have our own wall um, you know, with our pictures on it in the uh, position groups. You know, at Daniel, it's like none of that. So it's just sad. Like, for me to have to say it, but it's just sad that, you know, I'm getting more recognition, like, more recognition of my college and then my own high school where I'm born and raised. Just playing devil's advocate here, um, I guess the argument could be, you know, the football program is is obviously <laughs> flush with a lot of cash to the point where they can build a, 
$65 million football facility and where they can showcase their former NFL players for recruits, whereas Daniel certainly not in that type of uh, situation as far as resources go. Does that is that a valid um, question or, or maybe response to in, in your mind? No, it's really not because they've been stringing this along, you know, like when we used to do the camps and things like that. This is before, um, I think this is after when Coach Rob left. You know, we used to ask, like, we used to ask him, like, when are we going to get, you know what I mean? They'll like, oh, you got to wait 10 years, 10 years, 10 years. And the thing, like, Jarvis is, is 10 years past. He's way past 10 years. DeAndre is past 10 years. I'm 10 years this year. Shaq is, like, a couple more years. So it's like, I don't get it. Like, they try to string it along, saying, like, they're going to get it right. And I just feel like they just, it's a, it's a bunch of BS to me. Like, I just feel like you could have been made this right because, um, you know, my former coach, he said that he would he was going to then retire our number. And and it's like now, you know, I'm not trying to point nobody out, but it's just it's just kind of funky. Like, when people, you know, when the staff change and, you know, you get a new AD and things are not running like the Daniel way, you know, like, it's not the same Daniel no more, so it's just, that's that's all I can say about it. What do you mean by that? It's not the same. It's not run the same way. It's just you know I can't really go too too deep into it, but it's just it's just not the same Daniel no more. And the people that know what I'm talking about when they hear this, they know exactly what I mean. But it's just not the same Daniel no more. So are you are you for talking specifically about retired? Jerseys, Hall of Fame, or are you talking about a more general recognition and celebration of of of, of what you have done? I think it's a little bit. It's all like all of the above, to be honest with you. Because like the Hall of Fame is a great honor. Like I cannot like I won't discredit that. But it's just there's like a lot of great players that are in the Hall of Fame. Like. But none of those players have done what we did. Like we, like you have four guys that went to the same middle school, played the same rec team, went to the same high school, same college, and we all made it and playing. You know, and God has blessed us to play at the highest level, and it's like nothing is shown for. And then with the jersey retire, it's just I just want to give the kids something like. It's, like, different, you know, to hear it, you know, because we come home, like, you know, once or twice a year when we have time with our busy schedule. You know, it's it's cool for us when we, when we come home, we can tell the kids, you know, do the right things, you know, get your grades, uh, work hard. But when you, like, see, like, a DeAndre Hopkins or a Jarvis Jenkins or a Shaq Lawson and myself jersey hanging up, like, where you go to school, like, that gives you motivation, like, okay, those four made it out. I can make it out. And it's just it's just crazy that, like, has, nothing has been, like, I've been out of, like I said, I've been out of high school just going on 10 years and nothing has. But you get a guy that wins the national championship at their, at their college, and then they throw a whole parade for them and retire their jerseys and stuff like that. But it's just like, what do we have to do to get the record in life? To get recognized for what uh, for what four guys have done, and that probably and that probably might not happen ever again. So who knows? 
Yeah, I got a um, earlier today. I got a uh, a text from uh, Russ Abair, who is the uh, he is the chair of the Daniel Athletic Hall of Fame. He has been so since 2013. <clears throat> what he said was, the Hall of Fame has really strict guidelines. You have to be out of Daniel ten years to be eligible. So the only one of that group is Jarvis, and they put him in the Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility. Nuke is now eligible, but but we went to an every other year induction ceremony, and of course COVID was this past year. Uh, Deshaun is just now eligible, and we have not even started to vote, and he has not been nominated. Um, Shaq has a few years remaining before he could be eligible. Um, and then he says that uh, Daniel High School has only one retired jersey ever, and that was Pistol Pete Maravich. He said, we're looking into, looking into a process on how we might retire jerseys, but never a number. So what uh, is that? Is any of that news to you, or have you pretty much heard most of that? No, like I heard, like, all the 10-year wait and blah, 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 but why, like, why should we have to get voted in? Like, it's a it's a no-brainer. Like, <laughs> you have four guys that made it out of Central, went to the same high school, and did a huge accomplishment. Like, I'm pretty sure it didn't nobody think, like, us four, yeah, we was talented enough to make it to college, but I'm pretty sure they didn't think, oh, we're going to have four guys make it to the NFL. And I just feel like, I just feel like it's just like, it's a lot of BS going on. And like, for me, like, we're always, like, we're always going to like do what's right for the kids. You know, this is, that's what I want to like talk about. Like, this is nothing to do with the kids. Uh, nothing to do with the community of the people that's living in Central and Clemson. This all has to do with Daniel High School. And it's just bad, like, you know, your own, you know, treating you this way, and it makes you feel a, type, like, a certain way when you, like, go back home. What does it feel like? It just feel like all our hard work is not, like, we don't have nothing to show for. Like, it's just... Like, we don't have a key to a city, like, key to the city. We don't have, like, our own day like these other athletes do. You know, we don't have the record, like, like the honors or anything like that. Like, we don't have nothing to our name in Central, like, where we came from. Like, this, like, I want to say, like, 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 we're like your sons. Like, we came from here and, you know, we worked hard and made it better than what it is now. But it's just, like, we don't have nothing to it. So it just feels like. Like, I kind of feel like yeah, I'm happy to be from Central. Like, I love being from Central. Can't nobody tell me otherwise. But it's like, Daniel is like, it's just not not showing, like, what they say. Like, they say they love us. They say they appreciate us. Like, when we give money back to the school or we throw camps, you know, for free. But it's, I just feel like they're not doing nothing in return. And it, I guess putting two and two together – this has been something that y'all have and tell me if I'm wrong here obviously but this has been something y'all have been talking about amongst yourselves privately the four of you for quite some time <clears throat> and that now you feel like to create some try to create the action or reaction that you want I guess the actual some change that now 
you feel like maybe you 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 need to make it public. Am I am I getting that right? No, it's just um, we've been saying something to them about it, you know, and they'd be like, "Oh, you just gotta wait ten years." But I think it coming from me because I'm the one, you know, I'm the I'm the quiet one. I don't speak, you know. I just work hard, keep my head down, and just go about going about my business. But when it's coming from the quietest, the, the quietest one in the group, you know, the most humblest one, and the one that you know, a lot of people don't talk about, you know. And when I said something, it it, it started up where, and I'm glad it did because this is like something that's long overdue. Like, like you said, you have Pistol Pete um, Jersey retired. Every right to do that, but. We did. We are doing the same thing that he did. We, he made it to the highest level, and why not? You know what I mean. And DeAndre Hopkins, he's a, a future Hall of Famer. He's going to be one. So like, and you have three other guys that's talented enough. Obviously, we still in the NFL doing what we love to do. Like, we made it to the highest level. Like, we are one of those one percenters that made it out of Central, and we don't have nothing to like honor our name. So it's just. To me, I feel like it's just a slap in the face, I can really say. Is it enough of a slap in the face that, I mean, Daniel just won a state title under this new regime? Is it a, is it enough of a slap in the face where, you, did, I mean, did you even watch? Did you follow the team this year during such a, uh, their great season? No, like, I always, like, like I said, like, this has nothing to do with the kids. I'm going to support the kids no matter what because I was once in their shoes. Like, this has nothing to do with the kids because, you know, I want them to know that we are here and we can give y'all guidance whenever you do. You know, we still talk to the team. You know, we do, like, motivational videos for them when they went to state. I'm happy that they won it, like, because they did something that we couldn't do, and we was probably a more talented team. And I'm happy that they got that monkey off their back and, and won state. But it's just this has everything to do with the people that's running, Daniel, not the kids at all. And when you say that your sort of public words have caused an uproar, what do you mean? What specifically? What what kind of uh, reaction ha- has it caused so far? You know, it's it's crazy because like, we get a lot of people. Like a lot of people are saying the same thing that I'm saying. Like, how do they not have done this already? Um, we have other people at other schools. Like I had a lady that just tweeted said that she's from Seneca. And she said, I agree 100% with the message that you said. Like, how can they not have done that? I promise you, if this was, if we had, if we would have played at Seneca or Easley, Pickens, or somewhere else, our jersey would have been retired. Because it never, like, because this, like, this is, this is something that's never happened in, in Daniel history. Like, you have four guys that made it out of the NFL back to back to back to back. And, uh, it's just crazy. I don't think it's happened much in high school football history anywhere. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just, like, why are we not getting, like, it's just, I don't know, it's just a lot to say, but I just feel like we are we are just let down, not as, I want to say the community and us four, like, we feel like we're let down that we're not getting, you know, the, the recognition that, that the school has not given us. I guess still speaking for the group, do you think if there were that recognition that the group would be more inclined to give even more to its to to the to the foot to the Daniel football program in, in various ways? 
Um, to be honest, um, if they did, I think it wouldn't have changed how we, because we still, you know, like I said, we still give money. Jarvis uh, gave money for the uh, uniforms that they wore um, when they wore black uniforms. Jarvis did that. Luke uh, did the pants. We all chipped in for the weight room thing, like to give them uh, like weights and stuff. And Shaq, you know, he done way a lot for the community, you know, giving the scoreboard to Central Rec. He gave them money when we do the camp back to Daniel. So, we like we're always going to give back to where we came from and to the school, but it's just where's that in in return? Yeah, I was just speaking mainly not not what's happened to date, but moving forward, if there that recognition did come, do you think that you guys would be more inclined to do and even I guess even more just sort of just sort of theoretically? To be honest, I don't know because, you know, we're still going to do our thing with the camp, you know, if this COVID thing passed. And we're still going to, you know, we're still going to do do right was for the kids. Like, this is this has nothing to do, like, you know what I mean, with the kids and everything like that. Shoot. To me, I just feel like it ain't like it ain't Daniel no more. Like, like I said, I can't bring my kid home and be like, hey, this is the school that your dad went to because that's not the same Daniel. And if I would have brought my child to inside the school, there's nothing in it that has like our name to it. Like I can't show like, hey, look at your pops' accomplishments. Like look, and then give my like my child that that motivation. But like, oh, my dad was, you know, what I mean, he was he was nice in high school. But like I said, we get more we get more recognition from my college coaches in high school. Have you heard from anybody over there who has said, "Hey, man, why are you, why are you being so vocal about this? Let's handle this in house." Like, is there any sentiment uh, coming no. from that way? No, not one bit. Um, they reached out, and, and you know, we talked, but I just told them like, "There's really nothing to talk about." You know, y'all been dragging this on for a long time, and I get it. You know, the rules are the rules, but. There's something that can be done. That's how I feel. Like, it's just, man, I just feel like, shoot, we might not get something till we like 40 or retired out of football. So <laughs> I just feel like you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait, like, till somebody is old to give them, you know, their flowers. Like, why not give them their flowers while they're young? Like, I just don't understand it. But, you know, like I said, I'm not going to hold my breath on it. You know, I'm still going to do what's right for the community. Like, man, I love where I came from. Like, it made me to what I am, like a blue-collar guy, hard-working guy. You know, it's not going to take no shortcuts. Um, I'm humble by all means, but when you feel like you were just done wrong and when you go back, you have nothing to your name. But the people but the people in Central Clemson know they, you know, they appreciate us and we love that. You know, they tell us all the time that we're a big inspiration to their kids or just, just the city, just the city in general. But I just feel like if this if the shoe was on the other foot, if we was like on another team or went to another high school, this would have been done. We have nothing to talk about. Were you saying earlier Grady Jarrett has has been has has been celebrated in various ways at his yeah. former high school and all that? Yeah, my best friend, like my best friend Grady Jarrett, man, he does wonderful things for uh for Conyers, Georgia and everything like that. You know, he has his jersey retired and he has a key to the city and he has his own day. And it's like 
you know, he was a guy that made it out of there. But you have four guys that has done the same thing, and we don't have nothing. You talked about how far back you four guys go. What's your earliest memory of those other three dudes? Man, like, what's crazy is a lot of people don't, well, if you don't know, but the people that do know us, all all, all four of us are cousins. Okay, I did so not know it's that. Like, yeah, so, man, we knew, like, I knew me and Nuke and Shaq, we grew up all together, but Jarvis, you know, he was from Seneca, and then he came down uh, across, the, across the bridge, and then he started playing here uh, in Central. But yeah, all four of us are cousins. Um, I didn't know Jarvis, my cousin, was was my cousin until like a couple of years ago. His pops told me. So it's just crazy how that all worked out. Like you have four cousins that went to the same middle school, same high school, and now went to the same college and now in the NFL. But yeah, we all we all had you know that motivation of making it out. We seen a Vari Hamilton or a Terry Smith, a Javis Austin, a, um, a Love, a Chris McIntosh. Um, the list goes on, man. All the great players that came through Daniel, and that motivated us because we wanted to be one of those guys to make it farther. Or, or I can say, like my uh, my uncle Jermaine Walker, like he was in, on on my head ever since I was little about making it out because they wanted us to be better than them. And we saw, and when we worked out those summers at, at, at Daniel, we saw their, like, their pictures up on uh, on the wall of the state championships that they won, of their pictures in the weight room. Like, they gave us motivation. And goes back around, they don't have that for us. I know we didn't win the ring, but you got four guys that's in the NFL. Like, give these kids something to be motivated by. I'm assuming all four of y'all played rec ball at Bullock Field? Yep. What's your what's the most vivid memory for you from, from the from the rec football days when you think think back to I'd probably say um, you know probably say when we knew DeAndre was special when he was little because he could throw like the football he could throw the football like 80 yards in the wreck. <laughs> <And regularly, laughs> That's like, like the whole field. <laughs> yeah, so we like, wow, like he is special. But the most memorable, I just say like all like to me personally is like all the connections that I'm I'm still that I still have with my coaches. They all played a big part in my life, and I still talk to them to this day. I know. He, uh, uh, DeAndre's um, hardships overcome uh, growing up have been well documented and so have uh, Shaq Lawson's with his mother I, I don't know if this is too personal but can you share about what your life was like growing up I think I, I read or, or saw an interview with you within the last year where you said your your late aunt and your grandmother pretty much raised you yeah like my grandmother her name is Frances Walker. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, she worked a lot of jobs, but had me at a young age, me, uh, me and my sister. So she didn't really have time to raise us. So my grandmother, like she did everything for us. She still stays in the same place she did since I was little. So 
she did like I call her my mom because you know she she raised she dang they raised me my whole life and still to this day like I can't she like she can't go a whole day without calling me or just checking on me see what I'm doing with me and my wife so it's just you know things like that you know it kind of it kind of raises you different you know like she installed like the hard work because you know I seen her work hard and raise me and I seen my mom work hard. And then I had siblings, you know, um, Jermaine Walker, um, Javis Austin, Vari Hamilton, like guys like that that succeeded in high school and won championships. And they pushed me, pushed us to be, you know, the players that we are now. And then uh, you you lost your aunt within the last couple of years. Is that right? Yeah, she died of um, cancer. I'm sorry to hear that. She was pretty instrumental as well. Yeah, she was big in the church. You know, she pretty much was like the glue to the family. Um, you know, she she just did a lot of big, a lot of great things and uh, for our for our family. Then her passing, you know, that kind of hurt. And how about how about your father? I mean, Clemson fans obviously know his name. Um, uh, how how much was what was the relationship like there? How much? Um, uh, you know, how much was he in the in the picture growing up? It was big because when I was little, I used to go to my grandfather's house and I would like find these cassette, like not cassette tapes, but these VCR tapes. And then and I'd be like, what it is? And I put it in is him playing like when he played against George or, or something like that. So it's like, wow, like seeing that, seeing like my dad, like people saying like, would tell me like your dad like he was a bad man and then me but like i know because i've seen the tapes like it was just crazy but you know he's like he installed hard work in me too because he wanted me to be better than him you know he made it to the highest level but he didn't finish it so he's on me 24 7 you know keeping my head on straight we're always working hard you know just not messing up this opportunity that i have right now but man i love i love him to death our relationship is great he obviously had all the talent in the world and was super promising as a college player in his mind, I guess, from what he has shared with you, where did he, why didn't he make it? I guess for, for, for lack of a, a better phrase. Um, to be honest, um, I really think that injury, um, when he got hurt in, in the pregame burst, I think it was North Carolina state mm-hmm. when they wore the purple jersey for the first time. Um, I think that really messed him up because um, he was on to a promising. He was either going to be a top pick, you know, for running backs. You know, he won freshman of the year at Clemson, and the next year he had a good year. So things like that. But I'd probably say that messed up his mental um, a good bit. And then he went to, to uh, the CFL and had a great career in the CFL. So either way you look at it, he played professional ball and did yeah. great at it. So wait a minute. You, you, you referenced the – a game in 1991, right when they wore the purple jerseys for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like so, that's how much, like that's how much, like I studied, like when I studied, like his tapes, like I, like I know, I know pretty much every player that was on that roster on defense and on offense. Like it was just crazy. Like I would just sit and just watch, just watch him. Like there's some plays I can pick out, like when when he was on the poster. Uh, when they played Georgia, when he ran over uh, Simmons, the linebacker for Georgia. And the next year they played him, they tried to make it a big story and say that they was trying to rub it in his face. Or 
the game winning drive versus Georgia Tech when they gave him the ball like five straight times and he won the game. Um, what else? Uh, it's a lot of stuff like Deshaun Cameron playing at uh at quarterback. Um, I think Larry Ryan's he's from Greenwood. He was a receiver. Then on that defense, you know, you got uh, you got Ron Kirkland, you got O'Neal, you got um the D the D tackles, Burton and Buckner, uh then you got Wayne, you got Wayne Simmons. Like there's a lot of players on that on that defense that I know like by name because of me just watching. Do you remember how old you were when you first started when it first dawned on you and you um, first started studying this stuff? Probably like five or six because I played I played rec ball at five and I had to sign like a waiver because I was too young. So they were like, if I get hurt, I couldn't sue or whatever. But I'd probably say I was like five or six because that's when I really started like watching his tapes. And I remember my grandfather telling me because I wasn't that good my first year. And then he told me, he said, watch your next year. You're going to be so much better. And then it like it was like natural. It just came to me like naturally, and then he was right, and then I just got better and better and better like each year. So it was just crazy. How many of those VHS tapes were there? Oh, it was one versus Virginia, Georgia Tech, Georgia, nineteen ninety and ninety one, South Carolina. Um, when they played, I think in the Citrus Bowl when they played Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um. Sheesh, it was a lot of them. It was a lot of them. I watched all of them. Oh, when they played in Tokyo, when they played <laughs> uh, when they played North Carolina. So yeah, it was a. <laughs> I know all of them. And uh, your recruiting process? Did you feel like all along that you were gonna go to Clemson or or, or not? Yeah, I did because it was like it was just like a a dream come true. Like I watched like all the games like when I got older, I watched like all the games. Like I watched a Brian Mance or I watched um a Woodrow Dantzler, uh, uh um what's the running back? Uh number eight. Zachary. Zachary. I watched him. Um a Justin Miller, Leroy Hill, a Gaines Adams, a Jamal Fudge, a Pew. Uh like I watched all those guys and I was like and my dad went here. That's like, how can I not? Like, I'm really, I'm like, I'm in their backyard. Like, how can I not take advantage of the opportunity? And I just, and I just hopped on it when they gave me that offer to end of my sophomore year. Who else offered you? And who else were you sort of seriously consider? Uh, Oregon, North Carolina, LSU. But I already knew in my heart. I already, I already knew in my heart was that it was Clemson all day. Like, I was like, I'm born and raised in it. Like, how can I not go? What's your and so did you redshirt in 2010? I'm sorry, or, or was or was 11 your true freshman? Year? I I I did not uh, redshirt. Um, and uh, we still talk about this to this day. I met with Swinney not too long ago, and I was like, imagine if Grady and I redshirted, we would have <laughs> been playing. We would have been playing in that 2015 uh, championship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they so they would have won that one. Would have won that one. Cause it's too many, man. You got too many ballers on the D line. You got DJ Reader, uh, Carlos, Shaq, uh, myself, Grady, Kevin Dye. We had that great year, so it would have been, 
a lot of old linemen would have had their hands full. Christian Wilkins as well. Mm-hmm. And Reader was, uh, I think he had been hurt, and he had just come back, I think. So he wasn't like full strength. I don't believe he was. Yeah. Um, what? So your senior year at Daniel is 2010. Yeah. Um, that's not a good year for Dabo in his second full season. I'm just curious, like, uh, I mean, obviously Nuke had a good year that year, but still they're six and seven. The, the, most of the opinion is like, I don't know if this Dabo guy's is really cut out for this. Like, what did you see in him that gave you sort of the faith uh, that he I would just, be able to turn it around? I just saw his vision. Like, he all, like he told us, like, you know, I remember he told you, like he said, the first year not going to always be what people think it was going to be. But, shoot, um, it's right after 2011. <laughs> That's when it all changed. Yeah, right when so you came it's in. Like, <laughs> so it's like, he didn't really miss too much. Like 2011, that class came in with Sammy, Martavius, Grady, myself, Adam Humphrey, Sharon Peak, like guys like that, like uh, Stefan Anthony, Tony Stewart. Like that was a, that's a class like in its own like that. Like we started it what it is now. So even though they they did not have a good year in ten. You knew that that the class that that he was trying to hold together mm-hmm. had the makings of something special. Oh yeah, that class was just it was just too it was too loaded. Like it was just crazy, like how we like how he got all those guys. Like it was just ridiculous of how much talent you know. And what if a a Mike Bellamy would have you know what I mean would have had his like head on straight and and played a whole three or four years like like. Think of that. Like, yeah. Sheesh. Do you remember the first glimpse you had of Sammy on the practice field in August of 2011 when you first said, uh, this guy's different. <laughs> this guy's oh, yeah. best I player know. on the field. Yeah, we, we knew he was different. Just, you know, he was, he was already bigger than any receiver. So that was like, wow. And then he was fast. So we were like, how are you that big and that fast? But it only took for the world to see his first touch versus, versus Troy. And, he, you know, he did what he did. So it was like, it was crazy. I guess you probably saw it during the workouts in, like, July mm-hmm. when y'all are out there on your own. You probably saw yep. plenty of it. Yeah, he just – people saying that he's faster than him and he's beating him. So it was just like – What was the – what do you think – I mean, obviously, of the 11, y'all had a great start but then sort of fell apart toward the end. Um, and then I'm curious, looking sort of after that, what was the turning point in your mind as the program went from being really good to great? Was it that LSU um, Peach Bowl where you guys beat them when not many people expected you to? Yeah, that's that's the nail on the coffin. Like, that's when everything – that's when everything did a four three sixty turn for the program because – like you said, didn't nobody give us a chance, and only only people that believed in Clemson. I'm pretty sure there was some Clemson fans. I didn't think we were gonna win either, but we just went in there and we wasn't gonna take no crap, you know, from nobody. No matter if you was a SEC school or a Big Ten school, anything like that. And we just went in, and you know, DeAndre made that crazy catch on fourth and sixteen, and you know, and Catman made the kick, and next thing you know, Clemson's in the top ten every year after that. 
That's uh, Venable's first year, 2012. I'm mm-hmm. curious, the first visit that you sort of, maybe the first meeting that he had with his defense, I guess a year earlier when he first got there, what was your first impression of this him? Guy, this guy is crazy and everything. <laughs> and everything, we, and everything we heard coming from a couple of Oklahoma guys was true. You know, he's always on edge. Um, you never see him not, like, not doing nothing football. But I told, like I told, I told Coach Winnie this, like you bringing him in is probably the best thing that ever happened to this program because, like he, he's like the foundation, like for that for that team, like what he did when he first got got there in twenty uh, twenty twelve. You know the defense wasn't that good then, but then it just slowly progressed, and then. That 2014 defense, like, I don't, to me, I still feel like there's no better defense. <laughs> I know there's it's some teams that won the championship, but you get that 2014 defense, like, and you put the numbers with anybody else, you'll see we're right there at number one. What happened with Kevin Steele? Was it, why did things not work out with him as you look back, just sort of with all these years of hindsight? Um, to be honest, I don't know because I was just a freshman. So I, you know, I was young. I was just young, and I, you know, I was things going fast when you're a freshman. You just trying to make it to class on time. So <laughs> I really don't know like what really went wrong. But either way, it worked out for the for both parties. You know, he's doing real good at Auburn, uh, being the DC, and you know we got the top DC in Clemson. So it worked out. Yeah, he's at Tennessee now. Oh, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, you say Venables is crazy. That's your first observation. What do you mean by that? It's just his motor is like he's intense twenty four seven. Like, and it's not even like I got a crazy D line coach here, <laughs> and Bill Kolar, but Coach Venables is like, like you can, you can stretch the wrong way and he'll get on you. Like it's just like he's detail. Like, but. The thing is, like, when your coach is, like, a, a workaholic, he always works. That's just going to rub off onto his players. And it did. Like, he – I remember on my first meeting he had with us and somebody asked, dude, like, at the time when he first got there, he was like, do you think that we can be a great – a good defense? And he looked us straight in the face. He was like, no, not right now, but you will be. And now look at him now. Every year he's in the top, like – Top either one or two defenses in the nation uh, ending the year. Harris flooring has been a major part of the facilities enhancements over at Clemson, not just with athletics, but also at the university level. And we are thrilled that they are a part of the Dubcast as a sponsor. Since 1947, the Junkins family and Harris Flooring have provided a unique shopping experience through value in their services, developing the right product solutions and delivering on their promises. To check out some reviews on their work, just go to their Facebook page, Harris Flooring America. Rave reviews, just first class all the way. Phone number 864-642-6183. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. 
members. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Matt Gross is a proud Clemson alum and the vice president for the Clemson Market for Founders Federal Credit Union. Matt's office is located beside the Walmart Neighborhood Market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm Smith and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. Yeah, Kendall Joseph a few years ago told a story about how uh, like on the Friday night before a game, you know, late at night, Venables is sending sending him clips, <laughs> film clips. You know, uh, he's still working. You know, he's still yep. he's still grinding away the the night before a game, which is usually reserved for just sort of relaxing and and not doing anything, right? Yes, like you with him, you can never not be too prepared. Like I can remember um, at the practices my senior year. Uh, Grady and myself or Carlos, we'd be like doing extra like running and he'd have Stefan and Ben and Tony like doing extra. Like I'm talking about like past the time, like, <laughs> but when it get to the game time, you know, we are calling out every offensive plays. Like, cause we know like we spent so much extra time and, and just doing the right things that, you know, that he just put, put uh, towards us. Yeah. The one, the one example that stands out to me of his preparation is is the fourteen mm-hmm. the fourteen Louisville game when uh, when Quick I think it was Quick who cursed Chase down down to the two yeah. or the one yard line or whatever. Yeah. So what's crazy is so that like that happened and then people was in panic, but the players and coaches nobody was in panic. So because we like prepare for that situation because we watch. Um, I guess either the coach that was there, he coached at uh, Western Kentucky yeah, or something. Yeah, yep. And we watched film. Yeah, we watched film on Western Kentucky. And we was like, why are we watching this? Because he was like, he used to coach there. And if they get in the red zone, I believe they're going to do this. And then I'd be dang if that's not the play that they ran that we watched on film because Korean Wiggins, he told me, he was like, if I if I didn't deflect the pass, he probably would have picked it off because he was right there sitting on the route that the receiver ran. Yeah, it was like a two-point conversion play that Petrino had run at Western Kentucky. Yeah. That's wild. Are there any other memories uh, similar to that where his where you just felt supremely prepared for exactly what was coming? Um. I'd probably say the South Carolina game when we finally got that monkey off our back when we won. Mm-hmm. Um, he just pretty much like that week of practice was just like you could tell like all that studying against every other team and all that hard work just like came together for that one last time for a senior day. And I, you could see like he was like a proud like like a proud father like his kids are like putting it all together and then when we did that day like it was just special like we couldn't do no wrong on defense like we was just three and out three and out sack turnover another sack they'd get down in the red zone we'll shut them down on down so it was just like it was just crazy and then after you had moved on 
you know, when uh, I guess it was the sixth when the, when Clemson won the championship over Alabama, you probably remember, mm-hmm. you know, Ben Bulware is pointing out where the play is going to be uh, toward yep. the end of that game. I guess that was probably a pretty satisfying moment for for even you guys who had moved on. Yep. Because um, it's Ben always been, you know, the smart guy, you know, the hardworking, the <laughs> the crazy one. Like, if I could say if there was a player that that resembles Venables, I could say Ben. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, talking about how, you know, supremely prepared Venables is of late, like in the last year, it seems like every now and then, Story comes up of opposing teams saying he's he's stealing signals and things like that. I'm sure you've seen that. What do you? What's your take on that? I just say, man, stop complaining. Like, ain't <laughs> nobody stealing those signals because if you know Venables, he's not even looking <laughs> at the sideline. Like Venables is focused. Like if you sometimes Venables get the call late because he's trying to scan everything on the field. Like, okay. What formation? What formation it is? What down the distance? Okay, like he, like he, man, he ain't gotta steal no signals. They just, you know, a lot of people are really just mad because of a little town in Clemson. You know, they're having success, and a lot of people don't like it. I think you kind of hit it, like his his sort of, I guess, uh, strength is is waiting, is having the last word on each play, waiting until the very <laughs> last minute. And then getting his play in based on formation and and and, and personnel and all that, as opposed to yep. as opposed to waiting on waiting on some of his, I guess, analysts to 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 try to you know steal a signal. But even if they were doing that, like I don't really see. I mean, isn't isn't it your job to come up with signals that can't be stolen? You know, like yeah. I, I don't know. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me as far as <laughs> it being like a kind of a shady tactic. I mean, I you know. Anyway, what I mean, we, we we might it might take us an hour to talk about this, but can we talk about your NFL journey? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. We got all day. So <laughs> I mean, how many times have you been cut? Yeah, so um, overall total, um, been cut ten times. Wow. So um, you know, it's it can be you know it can be gut wrenching sometimes, but. I guess like like they always say, hard work pays off, and I just never like got discouraged, you know, because I, you know, I have a family that's counting on me. You know, I have a beautiful wife that pushed me each and every day. You know, um, when times did get hard, and you know, she just told me that I am good enough to play. And then it's crazy, 2020, I got the opportunity, and I think I just, I just ran with it. You know, I just, just happy to play football. Can you recite each? of the stops you have made and each of the cuts that have, have been made like over the last. Oh yeah. Like nobody in my family loves camp. <laughs> camp time. <laughs> Cause you can never, you never know what's going to happen. Like, like man, it's always, it's just the, the unknown. I think that that's the, that's the tough part because you don't know what's going on. Like you don't know what they think upstairs, mm-hmm. but you can do everything right. You know, and you know they want to go a different route. You know I didn't I didn't heard everything under the sun. You know it's not you. You know we need a position, uh, help at another position, or you know the room is just crowded. Um, things like that. But I never, but I never had a GM or a coach say you just can't play in the NFL. Like I never had. So I never heard that. So that's why like I know I can play. Hmm. 
All right, can we go through the 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 play by play of each each team and each each yeah, cut and all so, that? So my rookie year, twenty fifteen, I got cut. Um, you know, at the end of camp at Cincinnati. Um, that was twenty fifteen. So my second year, twenty sixteen, I made the uh, team. Um, so I guess what they do or whatever team does when you make the team, don't nobody call you. So my wife and I during that time in 2016 during the camp like I would check my phone like every two seconds like and we'd be like did they call like nope did they call nope and then when the deadline passed and I didn't get a call and she looked at the roster and my name was on it I was like like a sigh of relief because it's like wow like you made it like like you actually made it to the NFL on the roster and you're going to be playing. So that's like a wonderful feeling. And then 2017, I got cut at the end of camp in Cincinnati. Then I said, excuse me. Um, so I said, I'm going to bet. So I said, I'm going to bet on myself, um, 2018 and go to a different team. Um, I appreciate Cincinnati for giving me the opportunity, but I went to Denver and, I felt like it was a fresh new start that I needed. Um, I had a great camp. Like that's probably by far one of the best camps that I felt like I had playing football. And it came to the last cut, and and they picked me. But I signed back on the practice squad, and then I got let go. And then um I this this this, this is still 2018. I didn't hear nothing for six weeks, and then I got signed to Miami. And then I was there for like six or seven weeks, and it was great because I had Andre Branch, um, a brother that I uh, that was with me at Clemson, his senior year, my freshman year. So he kind of took me under his wing, and then Stefan was there too. So I had two Clemson guys that looked out for me, and then um, they let me go on my wife's birthday. <laughs> oh wow! So that was tough, you know. And then um, I think two weeks later. Um, Two or three weeks later, that it may be Indy called. Uh, Indy called, and then I signed there. And then I, um, that locker room was great. You know, Coach Rich is a great coach, man. That team that they have um, with Darius uh, Leonard, you know, he's great. You know, finding out that he's um, that he's a Clemson diehard fan, even though he went to South Carolina State, and we kind of bonded. Um, it was great, and then. Um, I finished with them, and then I got let go of phase two of OTAs in 2019. Then came back, (laughs) (laughs) then came back home. Then Carolina Panthers is about to sign me, so I'm on the plane getting ready to go. And then Denver calls, and they said, hey, um, somebody wants to speak to you. Then was my, the D-line coach, Bill Cola, he said, hey, what you doing? I said, I'm about to get on the plane and go to Carolina. He said, oh. And then he handed the phone to them, and they was like, hey, well, we want you to sign back with us. And I was like, well, I don't know how that's going to happen because I'm, like, literally on the plane. Like, they, they have shut the doors. We're about to get on the runway. And then my agent calls, and was like, hey, what you want to do? And he said, I'm going to leave it up to you. You got like two minutes. Then my gut was just telling me, go back to Denver because, you know, we got a place here. My wife is coaching volleyball. So I was like, I'm going to Denver. So I had to had to get the pilot. <laughs> no way. I had to get the pilot and tell him, hey, 
Um, <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but I just signed with Denver, and I need to get off this plane. He Turn was like, the what? plane around. God. I was like, yeah, but if you can, can I uh, get off the plane? He was like, um, yeah, I do it. And then I looked at everybody in the back that was on the plane, and I told him, I said, hey, um, I just got a call from Denver, and they wanted to sign me. And I'm sorry if you will miss your connected flight, but I have to get off this flight. <laughs> and then some people was like, Ugh, but some people like were genuinely like happy for me. So they was like, oh, congrats. So um, I get off there. I'm sprinting back to my car. Um, no, my wife dropped me off. So I'm calling her. And she was like, I knew something was going to happen because she didn't leave. <laughs> like she never leaves like until I take off. So we had to go back, drive all the way to the facility, and I signed. And then I ended up getting cut uh, that year, like the last cut. Uh, that's when they had a new coaching staff with Vic, uh, Vic Fangio and his staff. And then I didn't hear nothing for a year. Um, and then I was about to go to Calgary. And then August, boom, Denver calls again. It was like, hey, we want to sign you back. And I'm like, uh <laughs> <laughs> do I want to do this again? <laughs> like y'all did this last year and it didn't end good. But I was like, you know what? Third time's a charm. Why not? And I just said, you know, I'm just going to let the chips fall where they may. I'm going to play stress-free and I end up getting cut. But with the COVID rules, you can have, I think like 16 guys on practice squad and a veteran. So they told me, Hey, you're cut, but we're going to bring you back. And then <laughs> week two after week two, I'm playing my first game versus Tom Brady. Wow. And then and then after that game, I'm starting. And then I'm starting for 14 weeks. And it's just crazy. <laughs> I can, like, I can literally write a book about it. <laughs> and you got an interception, right? Yep. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so what has what is so you said your wife coaches volleyball? Is that like high yeah. school or yeah, she coaches high school at Rock Canyon uh, High School. Um it's a it's a big, big, big high school. Like if you look at Daniel now, like that's how all these schools kind of like here in Colorado, <laughs> like they are huge. But yeah, she's a coach, a uh, volleyball coach at um, Rock King, and she does club, um, a team called Three Hundred Three. But yeah, she just loved volleyball, man. Like when I first met her, like she was obviously she was a volleyball player, but she just loved giving back to the kids and just sharing her knowledge of the game that she learned from uh, great co- uh, great coaches that she had in high school and college. What has this roller coaster for you been like for her? Um, To be honest, like, me, you know, going through it, you know, you, you just, you know, you just try to be tough. But then, you know, cut after cut after cut, you start, you start to see it, like, really affect the ones around you because they know, what type of player you are and what type of talent you have. And they know that deep down you can play. And once you see the discourage, like in their face, it's like, then it starts to set in. Like it's like a letdown after letdown. And then this year it's like, it's been like a whole, like, it's crazy. Like it's just, it's just like, you can't really, like, we can't really, we don't really know what's still like, what just happened, you know, (laughs) like, for me to go out there not playing and then now I'm playing and just contributing. Like, like it's just crazy, man. Yeah. So when you hear people say 2020 sucked, you're like, ah, not for me. 
No, not for me. <laughs> either 2020, like, it either it helped you or, you know, it, it kind of messed you up. But it for dang sure helped us and my family. What was the lowest point during that whole during that whole time uh, of, of getting cut and all that, can you, it, it was there one? Um, I'd probably say not hearing nothing for a year. And then when I signed to go play ball in Canada, they didn't make a decision on either it was going to be a season or not. Like they strung that for like, like five months. Like, all right, it's going to be a season. I, the drop date of us coming to a decision is da da da, and then the dis- then the date will come, and then they'll push it back. So just like not knowing, like, is there going to be a season? Was probably like, because like you kind of like teeter tottering with people like lives, like because football to some is like that's all we know, you know, that's all we good at, and that's all we want to do. And then you keep telling us, are right, we gonna we're gonna give a um a date on? They make a decision on if there's a season, then when you don't, it's like people just like fed up and then, you know, you just start taking matters in your own hands. Uh, at any point, have you thought about or did you think about like, okay, maybe I have to think about plan B, meaning a plan that doesn't involve football? Like what would what do you think you're going to do or would do uh, without football? Yeah, like. A lot of people don't know this besides my close family, but I had like I had to get a job. Like I had to I had to work um for for a good period of time, you know, just to make like just to you know, get by or just like just to provide for the house cuz my you know, my wife she doesn't coaching. She's done like she's doing coaching. She's doing everything she had to do and then I'm just sitting in the house like all right, now they're going to call, and then they're going to call, and then no call, and then now it's like reality sits in, like, all right, you haven't heard nothing, and what you want to do? And I had to do something that was out of my comfort zone. I had to go get a job and work, and then I'm glad that I went through that because it prepared us for the success that we had in 2020. What did you do? Um, I was with uh with Amazon, you know, delivering packages. Mm-hmm. So yep. like driving driving a a van. Yep. This is the and so you y'all were still in Denver for that year, right? Yes, sir. Gotcha. What so what was what's that like when you have to when you go from live you know tr- trying to live the dream to then you know you're just you're just a, a guy uh, delivering it's, packages. It's definitely a humbling experience, but it also made me not waver my faith because, you know, it's just, I felt like God was just like, if you really trust me and you believe in me, you got to go through this to get to where you want to be at right now. And, and just appreciate the small things. Like, 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 it's just crazy. Like, I just like, like you said, going to like me putting on this uniform of being the guy and then now you just, uh, now you just clocking in each and every day, like clocking in hours. And now it's like, it's just crazy, man. Like I, I would have never thought somebody would have been like, you know, like your journey for this NFL, you're going to be working at Amazon delivering packages. I was like, ain't no way. And then now I'm doing it, but I'm like, I'm so happy that I did go through it. Looking back at it now. Cause like I said, I just appreciate the little things like, you know, grabbing your helmet, putting it on, uh, you know, 
driving to the facility every day, driving by, like looking at like, oh, I can't wait to the next season because I have another opportunity. Like just the things like that, like just seeing the look on my uh, on my family face of them happy for me and my teammates because they know my story too as well and them being happy for me. Like it's just, it's just like an honor. Did that, how much of a contributor was that to your play? Like, did it make you more relentless, more determined? Did it make you a For better sure. player? For sure. Like, I feel like because I feel like I can't, like, I do not want to go back to doing that. And I'm not trying to discredit nobody that's done it because now I, I went through their shoes. Like, I know what you have to go through. Like, and I appreciate everything where everybody has, like, that has to clock in and do a nine to five and work. And that just makes me, when I go out there, like, I, I get emotional, like, every Sunday because I was working on Sundays while NFL teams was playing. So, mm-hmm. when it'd be a game day, I'd be like, wow, I was working. Like, I was literally, like, clocking in, going to work, missing every NFL game, working, just trying to make ends meet. And then now, like, I'm playing, like, I'm living out my childhood, playing on Sundays and it's just crazy. Do you do you remember Antoine McLean? I mean, do y'all y'all know each other? Uh, still yep, keep in I touch. Know him. Yeah, I know. Him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with his story. I, I think I had him on uh, last summer, and he was saying something very similar. He was with the Cardinals, got cut, and found himself as he was waiting. He was I want to say he was loading FedEx planes at the airport. I want to say I could be getting that wrong, but basically he was he was he was loading boxes for a shipping company during his interim you know time trying to figure stuff out when he was waiting on a call for a t- from a team. Yeah, it's like a lot like a lot of people don't like really really know like the true like <laughs> what really goes on. Like you know you can be playing one year or say like an undrafted free agent that thinks like. He done everything right and then get cut and then don't hear nothing for a year or two like that. Like that's like like it sucks, but you know I think it's just it just built me to the player that I am now and the person that I am and the husband that I am. Like it just makes me appreciate every little thing. Like just waking up, working out, going to the facility, spending time with my wife when I'm done working out, uh, talking to my mom or my grandma or. Talking to my cousins like Shaq and um, Jarvis and DeAndre, like things like that, just like enjoying my teammates, like just stuff like that. You know how Dabo seems to savor every aspect of his job and life. You know, like every day is a great day, and it, 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 you wonder where that comes from. Uh, I wonder if that's from his hardship that he's experienced and just loving the. You know, blooming where he's planted, I guess, as as he says. For you, sure. you, you see like, the, the 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 connection there. Mm-hmm, for sure, like because, um, you know what he went through to get to where he is now, you know, and you going through that that really makes you appreciate. Like, I'm telling, that makes you appreciate everything, like because it can be taken away from just like that. So you got to be grateful for every little thing. I don't care if it's as small as, you know somebody just giving you like praise for what you did or, or somebody giving you a signing bonus, you know, you just happy for every little thing. It's because what you've been through definitely humbles you, but also gives you that hunger to not go back. College football is a lot different now 
than what it was when you were playing in the form of the transfer portal. Um, you know, players can transfer without having to sit a year. Uh, there's also the name image likeness uh, thing that's coming up that's going to allow them to be, I guess, you know, like sponsored by car dealerships and things like that. Do you have, how closely have you paid attention to this and how different does it look to you? And do you have any opinions on how different it is? Um, yeah, for sure. Like I know a lot of, um, shooting a lot of universities, like not just Clemson, but a lot of like universities are experiencing like players are just, just, just transferring left and right because they're not getting what they thought that they was promised. And then I just feel like me, I just feel like, well, heck, if that was the case, I could have transferred a long time ago because in our D-line room, it was Grady, myself, Josh Watson, Carlos, and DJ all fighting for just two spots a week just to start. And didn't and did not one of us ever look at each other like, man, we're going to transfer. Right. Like, I'm sick or not. Like, no, nah, we just busted our butt every week in practice. We push. We pushed each other every spring, summer workouts, and it made us better because if we willing to do all that work and pay the price and practice, the games are going to be easy. I'm saying Coach Brooks wouldn't let nobody know who's starting until kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't like you wouldn't know like who was starting, and then that makes the player who like the guys that's in the NFL who we are now because when you get to the NFL, everybody's talented, but what's going to set you apart? You know, and I feel like our work ethic, you know, I always hunger to be great. You know, it's not going just because we're in the NFL, we're not going to start working as hard as we did when we was in college. So it sounds like you are not a, you know, not a big fan of the the free, much freer player movement, um, having all tons of players in the portal, leaving you know, leaving at the first sign of, I guess, adversity. It sounds like you prefer maybe the more traditional uh, way of working your up, working your way up the ladder and sacrificing and all that. Like, don't get me wrong. Like some guys, like sometimes some guys do need to transfer because you know you're not going to play. You know what I mean? But there are some kids that just take like the easy way out and just think that they're going to transfer, and then they find out that. They probably not gonna play at that school, so they transfer to another school, and then now you just transfer it out. Like you just transferred out of college because you're just wasting all your years just transferring. You're not playing, so I just feel like just stick it out. Like you never know what can happen. Somebody can get hurt. Like we don't want that to happen, but somebody can get hurt, and you just take advantage of your opportunity. Like I just feel like kids now, like they just they just want the easy things. Like well, this coach. Was, was recruiting me and they promised me I was going to do this and that. <laughs> and then you come across a three-star, two-star that's that is willing to do whatever to get on the field. And he's going to play because when it when it's time for college, like, yeah, it looked good when you say I recruited all these five-star guys. But when it's time to play, the coaches are going to put the best players that's on the field. So it don't matter which star you are. It kind of makes sense that when a, when a, when high highly regarded players are worshipped in high school during the recruiting process, and then that worship stops <laughs> once August camp starts, mm-hmm. and life gets hard, it's natural for some of these guys or a lot of these guys 
man, the, the recruiting process, that was the glory days. Like you're getting called sure. by reporters every night asking you what you're doing. Oh my gosh, can you, can you give us your top 10? You're going to trim it to five. And, and it's like, you're a celebrity. And so it, it, it only follows that then you have a bunch of guys jumping into the portal again so they can have that, they can be a sensation again. People are actually interested in what they, you know, uh, what they, what they might be planning on doing. Yeah, people like like a co- like Coach Rob always told me, man. He was like, "You're never working as hard as you think you are." So you in high school, you might be the hardest working guy, but now you you about to cross over to college, and you got ninety other guys that just work just as hard as you to get to where you at. So you got to do something like you got to willing to put in the work. And then I feel like some kids now are just not like you said; they just want to stars. They just want to be in the highlight of hey, I'm, I'm going to such and such college and then they don't want to put the real work in. What about the name image likeness uh, that'll allow players to uh, profit off their, their likeness, whether it's like a, uh, I guess, sponsorships uh, on the internet, YouTube, whatever, or car dealerships, things like that. Yeah, I think it was long overdue, but I'm glad it's not just college, like just college football. I'm glad it's all sports you know, women and uh, men sports, you know, because a lot of like a lot of people, you know, they probably say, oh, you're privileged, you get a free scholarship. But a lot of these kids, you know, they go to colleges that's like thousands of miles away from their family. So they can't really they don't really have no money. Things like that. So I've seen plenty of times where a guy, you know, he's from Florida or somewhere like that. And he can't get no money for food, so you know the teammates have to like scrape up some money, you know, just to help out, or you know what I mean. So that's that's like I'm glad that rule has changed, and our um, people um, that's in a- uh, athletic sports can get paid for their likeness. Deshaun, is there anything we haven't talked about? Uh, anything back to the Daniel stuff that we haven't covered that you might want to say, or we pretty much covered it all? No, that's it. Well, hey, thank you so much for sharing so much of your time. I know you're busy, but I really appreciate catching up with you. No problem. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks to Deshaun Williams for joining us. Pretty spur of the moment yesterday. Man, that is just a wild story about him telling the airline pilot to turn around and let him off the plane so he could stay in Denver to sign his contract. Great stuff. Appreciate our loyal sponsors for the support of the podcast. Could not do it without them. Also could not do it without all of you listening. So really appreciate that. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll be back next week. Cheers.